Welcome back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sunday Wire. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. We're streaming out live on the Ultimate Current Radio Network and also at 21stCenturyWire.com. Thank you so much for rejoining us for this weekly omnibus news and analysis radio program brought to you on ACR. I'm here in studio with my co-host, Mike Robinson, editor of the UK Column. Hello, Mike. Good evening, Patrick. Part of achieving a stable strategic order is to have full control over the press is to have full command and control over information. And this is where whistleblowers and this is where media outlets, journalistic outlets who are independent uh, pose a problem to the state. And probably one of the one of the outlets and one of the journalists who have posed the biggest problem uh, to some of the transatlantic power structures has to be WikiLeaks and has to be Julian Assange. And this week uh, we we got some very disturbing news from the UN Special Rapporteur on torture, Nils Melzer, about the condition of Assange. But not just that, it's the first real admission uh, from a UN body uh, about the sort of the political persecution of Julian Assange, which he said, uh, quote, uh, called it abuse, and uh, really compared it to ganging up a cartel of countries uh, ganging up to abuse and defame this individual. But that's not the worst of it, Mike. Uh, the worst of it is the dire medical condition uh, that Julian Assange is in right now. He's been transferred to the medical wing of the Max, Maximum Security Prison in Southeast London, Belmarsh Prison. Uh, joining us on the live line, who's going to give us kind of an update on the situation and explain it in her own words, uh, is Emmy Butlin. Uh, she's an activist, but she's also a member of the Julian Assange Defense Committee. And she's joining us on the live link uh, right now. Hello, Emmy. Hi, Patrick. Thank you very much for inviting me to your program. You know, we're glad to have you, Emmy. We really appreciate your time. I know you're very busy uh, with everything that's going on. But uh, we wanted to ask you uh, as well, We really the first thing that is of most concern to everybody, Emmy, is the physical condition of Julian Assange, uh, where his health is at. I know you've been following this very closely. Uh, so we wanted to ask you, you know, from what you've gained from media reports and things that you've seen announced and what WikiLeaks is saying, what is the current condition, uh, medical condition, health condition of Julian Assange? Uh, thank you, Patrick. Um, first of all, let me start uh, on the 11th of April. The um, harrowing images that we witnessed uh, on our television uh, and um, the Internet about Julian Assange being um, brutally extracted from the embassy of Ecuador uh, by um, UK undercover police and the way he was literally carried. Seven men carried him out on the, from the steps uh, of the building and shoved him at the back of a, of a van. We were expecting that he was going to be immediately taken to hospital. And uh, previous government uh, statements on Parliament um, had reassured that his health was going to be looked after. This didn't happen. He was immediately taken into a Westminster Magistrates Court, charged with uh, bail offences and taken to Belmarsh Prison on the same day. Um, already you could see from the images that we witnessed that uh, he didn't look um, the same as a year ago, which was uh, the time when uh, the new Ecuadorian President Lenny Moreno cut him off from all communications, uh, isolated him, and even restricted his visits. Um, so a year had gone by 
since the last time we had seen him, and we saw uh, Julian uh, in a very bad state. Uh, resisting still uh, his arrest uh, because it was the right thing to do, uh, but uh, looking uh, far, uh, you know, looking not very well. Um, and since then we've been very concerned. Then I would also like to give my testimony on the 1st of May when we, I was one of the few people who managed to get into um, Southwark Crown Court for his sentencing for the bail offence. And uh, myself and others stood behind him uh, at the dock when uh, um, Judge um, Taylor sentenced him to a very cruel 50 weeks imprisonment at the Belmarsh Prison. And we saw the state that he was at the time. He was defiant, he was lucid, but um, he had lost a lot of weight. You could see this. His, his clothes were hanging off him. Uh, there was nothing left of him already. That was the impression we got. When he turned around, he looked at us, and he was defiant. He raised his fist. And um, we responded in solidarity. But you could see already that um, the, um, the days he had spent in Belmarsh and, of course, the accumulative effect of the last year at the embassy um, had, uh, had taken a toll on him. And you could see that. And uh, from that moment, the 1st of May, we now come back to this week where early on in the week we had reports coming from Sweden uh, we had reports coming from uh, Sweden, from his lawyer, that uh, um, during the process of the reopening of the case, he was um, needed to attend um, or to participate in a legal process in Sweden, which uh, he, his lawyer, Pa Samuelson, was um, basically petitioning the court to postpone um, uh, the particular court hearing which is scheduled for this Monday tomorrow on the basis of ill health and that was the first time that we heard that uh, his health had deteriorated. We obviously had previous reports from Pamela Anderson and Kristen Hutchinson when they had visited him and they made statements outside Belmarsh prison and um, it was for the world to see that their reports um, were very, very concerned about his health. But now we had his Swedish lawyer. I mean, coming from the Swedish press, the news spread across, and it was later on confirmed by WikiLeaks' Twitter account that Julian Assange had been transferred to the, um, to the hospital wing of uh, Belmarsh Prison. That was the beginning of this week, and the reports kept coming and coming and coming. And um, on Thursday this week, uh, at Westminster Magistrates' Court, uh, where he was uh, supposed to join the court hearing for second court hearing for his U.S. extradition um, by video link directly from Belmarsh Prison, his lawyer Gareth Pierce explained that uh, he was unable to do so because he wasn't well. So we've got it again and again confirmed that um, his health uh, is suffering. He is suffering. He's been suffering for a, a very, very long time, because, but he's been a very brave person. He has been enduring and enduring and enduring the conditions of his detention. But at this stage, the prison authorities uh, found that uh, he had to be admitted to the uh, hospital ward for his own uh, benefit. We hear that uh, the weight loss has continued, and uh, obviously all of that... Um, is of extreme concern to us and to everyone who is, um, you know, caring about this man and what happens to him. Um, Friday, 
We had a very extensive report by the United Nations Special Rapporteur for Torture, uh, Mr. Niels Metzer, and uh, he unequivocally confirmed our worst fears as well as gave a different dimension to the whole issue of his health. He explained that he had visited earlier in the month uh, Julian Assange in Belmarsh Prison and that he himself and uh, medical professionals that accompanied him did a, a full investigation and analysis of his condition and, they, and examining his case and the way he's been treated all these few years of his uh, detainment since 2010, he concluded that the treatment he's been dealt with is um, torture, basically, psychological torture, and that he himself bears the symptoms of someone who has been chronically abused and uh, experienced psychological torture. This is, of course, a shock. It should... It should be shocking to any person in this society that cares about human rights. Um, and um, we stand uh, as well in shock, and it confirms a lot of um, the fears that we've had for him. And, and that's where I leave it for now, Patrick, but please, you know, tell us what you think about the situation. Well, I, I can hear the concern in your voice, Emmy, and I know that you, uh, your concern is, is, is re reflects many, many, many people around the world, I, I think, that also are supporting Julian Assange on this issue for a number of reasons, uh, not just uh, with regards to him representing uh, really the, the last red line in terms of free speech and the free press, but really just the, the, the decency of... Uh, what we're meant to uphold, Western values. Uh, you hear this term a lot, Emmy, especially by the the British and American leadership, that uh, our values in the West, our democratic values, our rules-based international order, and we're better than the uh, sort of savages that we tend to bomb in the Middle East. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm simplifying things here, but... Uh, no, you're absolutely right. The United Nations as an institution... Uh, was put together after the Second World War when our Western world was shaken with the most profound barbarity, one of fascism and Nazism, and we've rejected that as people, and we put together the United Nations, the final arbitrator, to avoid war, to avoid a conflict that descends to barbarity. Uh, we must never, ever return to, to those days. And... Um, when I read the response of Jeremy Hunt, uh, the Foreign Office Minister of this country, uh, towards the United Nations uh, Special Rapporteur on Torture about Julian Assange being uh, psychologically tortured, when I, I read the response that he basically challenges it and says that this is wrong, he rejects, he rejects the very institution to which he and his government, um, the government of this country, are meant to uphold. I mean, United, uh, UK, United Kingdom is member of the Security Council of the United Nations, a very privileged position to be, and indeed one, as you say, that should defend the values of Western world. Yet, he undermines with his stance the very institution that is our ultimate hope for not descending to barbarity. It, it is a barbarity um, um, that we have to fight, and our only hope is to work together in overcoming the conflict. Obviously, this government sees 
WikiLeaks um, as a threat, both directly and indirectly, because the United States is overwhelmingly uh, dictating the foreign policy of this country. Uh, but uh, on a human level, they should never, ever, ever um, allow things to deteriorate to that level when an individual is literally crushed, crushed by the state, um, vilified, smeared, abused, to the point where he finds himself in the situation now. And and do, and don't you think uh, Julian Assange being uh, alive, uh, being healthy, being vocal, having a political platform in which to speak about world issues, which he had even in detention uh, on social media, his presence on Twitter was uh, was was immense up until really April of uh, 2018, uh, when his internet was cut off and he wasn't allowed by his host at the Ecuadorian embassy uh, to do that anymore, and and. It, it seems like the most convenient outcome, Emmy, for uh, the U.S., for Britain, for Sweden, uh, for Ecuador, that have dug themselves an absolute hole uh, mm. in this situation to, say, collude together all of these four nations to break international treaties, uh, to to throw the Vienna Convention out the window, uh, to, to fly in the face of so many different U.N. Uh, conventions on human rights, and even uh, uh, British, uh, British law is well in American constitutional law, all of these things, it's more convenient for them to not have Julian Assange around, uh, quite frankly. That seems to me, based on the behavior of these countries and their governments, this is what they seem to be pushing the situation towards, uh, is to sort of get rid of the problem, basically. Exactly so. I mean, the United Nations Rapporteur on, on Torture uh, highlighted exactly what you said, that they have cooperated Several Western democracies, uh, democratic states, as he said it, collaborate to reduce this man to the point where he's psychologically tortured and he suffers from it. Um, but thousands upon thousands, if not millions around the world, who are aware of the existence of Julian Assange and WikiLeaks view him and the organization he created as a treasure, a treasure for our global knowledge. A gift, a public gift, given to all of us for free by the ingenuity of this man and the inspiration that he has offered to people around the world to support his organization by submitting original, authentic documents that throw light to the darker corners of government, to war crimes committed around the world in our name. And he brings our societies face to face with the actions of our governments and allows us as informed citizens to say not in my name not in my name and that is why he is viewed as an enemy of the state he is in fact enemy of an accountable government so wikileaks and his personal work which i have dedicated his life for is supporting the cornerstones of our democracy. And there's no other way to view it. He has also been extremely innovative in the way that he put together a way of submitting documents that conceals the identity of the person who does it, recognizing that states can crush individuals and offering this protection to his sources. Well, 
Look at that. He is now the subject of persecution by the same states that wish to crush those voices. But I think it's very simple for us, Patrick. We have to listen to our conscience on this issue and search for the truth. And each and every one of us do what we can, no more, no less, but what we can to defend this man and this organization, particularly here in the UK, because this is where he is. He's in Belmarsh prison. It is these courts in this country that will determine his fate and the fate of his organization. So I appeal to journalists to report correctly on the case. I appeal to the public to contact their representatives in parliament and any people who um, they think can influence the matters in the legal profession and journalistic profession in the non-governmental organizations to try to assist and defend this man in this particular situation he finds himself in. Okay. Well, the, 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 the last thing I'll leave you with, because I know your time is short, Emmy, but uh, in terms of the report from Nils Melzer, uh, the UN Special Rapporteur on Torture, and I'm going to take a quote here, uh, and he said, my most urgent concern is that the United, in the United States, Mr. Assange would be exposed to a real risk of serious violations of human rights, including his freedom of expression, his right to a fair trial, and the prohibition of torture and other cruel and inhumane uh, or degrading treatment or punishment, says Nils Melzer. So is this, this is a really important uh, issue in this story, uh, Emmy, is the fear that if extradited to the United States from Britain directly or via Sweden, it doesn't matter, that he would most likely be denied due process, uh, would not be treated in accordance to international human rights conventions. Uh, and many have regarded this uh, latest uh, spate of indictments as a political persecution of Assange. Uh, we spoke to Joe Loria from Consortium News last week, and he laid this out very clearly. So is this, is this one of the most important aspects of this current situation, Emmy, whereby it's, it's the danger of being extradited to the United States, in addition to, obviously, the, the imminent threat to his health and well-being right now in, in UK incarceration, but then there is this other issue, uh, and this is currently in the courts right now. Just explain to us uh, where the U.S. extradition process is right now, and what what are the dangers there? Well, we, we have learned that uh, overall, uh, the charges they wish to lay upon him carry 175 years imprisonment. Um, isn't this abusive? It is abusive for publishing. It is abusive. We've seen how the United States uh, has treated Chelsea Manning, an alleged source of WikiLeaks. We've seen Chelsea Manning sentenced for 35 years in prison, suffering torture herself inside her prison. And even after her sentence was commuted, and I will note she was never pardoned, her sentence was only commuted by the Obama, Obama administration. She now finds herself incarcerated again in a very punitive way to force her to rescind on her testimony, to force her to collaborate with the United States government 
and give evidence against Julian Assange. It has happened before. It's already um, the fact that due process in America has been uh, violated in the same way that due process in this country has been violated throughout the legal troubles of Julian Assange, both with regards to his first uh, attempts to um, extricate himself from uh, the Swedish extradition. Um, we see very, very serious uh, indications of corruption uh, within the Crown Prosecution Service in this country, where it seems they have created obstacles for the, pro for the progress of the Swedish case uh, by insisting on extradition and even instructing a Swedish prosecutor, um, Marianne Nye, to not interview Julian Assange in this country. Um, so when you see due process being subverted politically uh, already since uh, the very beginning, since 2010 in this country, you, you have absolutely no doubt that throughout um, the treatment of Julian Assange you will find political interference, you will find uh, subversion of due process. And this is exactly what UN uh, Rapporteur on Torture has highlighted, that he is not being treated fairly, both in the courts in Sweden, in the UK, and in the US. So um, we shall have to pay very, very close attention in the proceedings and report to them and um, respond politically um, by mobilizing both on the, on the ground and through the tools we have available in our democracies to prevent his extradition and release him. This is extremely important. He not only has to remain in this country, he has to be freed, and protection has to be placed upon him, diplomatic protection and other, in order to secure his freedom and his life. And uh, and just lastly, you know, how, how important is uh, public support for Julian Assange in this process? And if people wanted to show their support, uh, where, when is the next uh, hearing with regards to extradition in London? And uh, what can people do to get information about this? Well, we, they can visit our website, uh, www.wiseupaction.info. They can subscribe to our email list, which is jadc at protonmail.ch and they can follow Wikileaks and the defense uh, of Julian Assange Twitter timelines for actions and um, they can try to participate um, to in our actions. We'll be outside the court uh, on the 12th of June. Um, we're not sure as yet whether the court will um, resume its hearing at Westminster Magistrates Court or whether it will be transferred to Belmarsh Prison. Uh, there is a magistrate's court there, right next to the prison. Uh, but it is on the 12th of June. If the date changes, we'll be notifying people. Please ask your listeners to subscribe to our email address, jadc at protonmail.ch. I'm very grateful you've invited me and given me this opportunity to reach out to your listeners, Patrick. Thank you very much.
Well, thank you, thank you, Emmy, uh, for all your hard work and uh, dedication. I know that uh, you've been uh, very committed uh, to this cause for a very long time, holding the vigils outside of the Ecuadorian embassy and working with so many other wonderful people uh, that really are concerned and really care about, as you said, Emmy, the foundational pillars uh, of our democracy, but also about the uh, the man uh, who's in, incarcerated as well. So uh, thank you very much, Emmy, and uh, we hope to speak to you again soon. Certainly. Thank you. Bye-bye. There she goes, ladies and gentlemen. That's uh, Emmy Butlin. She is a member of the Julian Assange Defense Committee. Uh, we'll make sure there's appropriate links uh, on the show page, uh, and we'll be back on the other side. I'm your host, Patrick Henningsen. This is The Sunday Wire. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Tune into The Sunday Wire, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. UK, live only on ACR and 21stCenturyWire.com. 